So for those of you that I haven't met yet, my name is Aisha, and I'm one of the pastors here. And y'all, for the past few weeks, we have been in a series called We're Talking About Practice. And um, normally we would play this clip from Allen Iverson, and I'm not a sports person. So like the first week I was a little confused and like, oh, it took me a little while to get it because I'm more of a halftime person than the sports person. But it's cool. I love it. Um, And what we're looking at in this practice is we're looking at the correlation between what we practice and our relationship with God. We know that when we look at who we are right now and the person we want to be, the person we know we were called and created to be, that oftentimes there's a gap in the middle. And we found that it's what we practice, our spiritual practices, our habits, that help not only close that gap, but help us to become more like Jesus. And that is the goal. That is what we want. And over the few weeks, we've talked about practicing faith. We've talked about practicing joy, practicing surrender, practicing being a blessing to others. And if you miss any of those, I encourage you to check those out because these are things that we want to live into, not only on an individual level, but also as a community. And today I have the privilege of closing out this series with a practice that is very personal to me, um, a practice that seems antithetical to our culture, but at the same time, something that we need and something that we long for. And before I get into that, I have to shout out my husband, Maurice, because he has just been, I ain't even going to look at you because I ain't trying to get it in my feelings. Um, he has been just a supportive spouse in every way possible this week, and I just want to tell you I thank you. Um, I am someone who, um, I think in another world, I was definitely like uh, Miss Honey from Matilda, and I like to be at the schools, and I was one who just found myself um, really paralyzed by anxiety this week, so I thank you so much for your support. And I feel like I kind of have to butter him up because of what I'm about to do next. So, (laughs) one of the things that I love and appreciate the most about Maurice, and if those of you that know him, I mean our staff knows this, they already know where I'm going, is that Maurice has this unique ability to fall asleep any and everywhere. And y'all, I got evidence, lots of it. We ain't got that much time, but let me show you. Exhibit A, Uh uh-huh. This is Easter brunch, y'all. And I get it, I give him, um, you know, he gets a break because Easter was a long day for us and I really wanted to go, you know, have French toast for breakfast. And he went and then the waitress took our order and then she came back and he was like that. And I was like, it's been a long day. So, okay, that's exhibit A. Now we have exhibit two. What's that on the screen? This is us on the plane. Y'all, before we even do the safety and instructions, Maurice is out. And for those of you who have seen Mean Girls, it's given Damien, okay? If you know, you know. Exhibit C, talk to me, yes. Okay, can I talk to all the spouses in the room that when you're watching a show or a movie with your person or even those of you that are dating in the room and you're so excited, you're like, oh my, did you see that? And then that's what I got to deal with, y'all. That is my life. Y'all could be praying for me. The next one right here, Exhibit D. This is Maurice on a mission trip taking a siesta in Costa Rica when we are with the high school students. And you know, Maurice is king of the power nap. He can be down for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and he's fine. Me, on the other hand, if the nap is not at least three hours, I don't want it. I don't want it. So, 
We understand that sleep is important. We know that we need sleep and it's vital for our physical and mental health. But do we understand that we need rest? And the statistics for burnout and depletion continue to be on the rise. And there's a lot of talk about work-life balance, but I think what we need to hone in on today is a work-rest balance. And I want to share with you some alarming research that was done in 2016. Pay attention to that. According to the World Health Organization, people working 55 or more hours each week face an estimated 35% higher risk of a stroke and a 17% higher risk of dying from heart disease compared to people following the widely accepted standard of working 35 to 40 hours a week. Now this next part is what really concerns me. That study showed that 745,000 people died that year in 2016 from overwork that resulted in stroke and heart disease. Yes, quiet in the room. That's, that's hard, that's heavy, that's alarming. And I want to remind you that this research was done pre-pandemic. So we can only imagine what the numbers are now. And in America, the term that we use to describe overwork is burnout. But in my research, I found that this is not just an America problem. It's a worldwide problem that wasn't caused by the pandemic. Rather, it was intensified and exposed in a greater way because of the pandemic. In Japan, they use the term kuroshi, which means death by overwork. And I started watching more videos, and there's literally um, men and women just laid out on the floor, and they start to draw lines around them because they are just exhausted from work. In China, many that work in the tech sector, they have to navigate what is called a 996 culture. And what that means is they are working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., six days a week. And in 2020, many of us briefly had a moment of awareness that there's something wrong with the pace of life that we are operating, that our rhythm of life is hurting us, and a lot of us had no choice but to slow down. God did not create us to be like the Energizer Bunny that keeps going and going and going. We are not machines. We are finite, we are limited human beings made in the image of God. And because we are made in God's image, that means we don't have to conform to the pattern of this world. We don't have to conform to the rhythm of this world. And like Maurice, many of us practice sleep each night. But today, I wanna to talk to you about a rest that God offers us even while we are awake. And that's what I'm gonna to talk to you about today. So before I say anything else, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that we get to be here today, that we get to be gathered in community and worship and we get to grow from your word. Father, I pray that you would speak to each person under the sound of my voice in a very specific way 
God, remove any distractions. God, help us to lean in to this rest that you offer us. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're gonna go through a journey, through a few passages in scripture to understand what this rest is that God offers us. And where our journey begins is in Hebrews um, chapter four, starting at verse nine. It says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So what exactly is this Sabbath rest? Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to cease, to desist. And the heart of Sabbath is to cease from our work so that we can be replenished, so that we can be restored, and so that we can be rested. And the definition that I will offer to all of you today is, Sabbath is one day out of the week where we stop, where we rest, where we delight, and where we worship. Sabbath is one day out of the week where we stop, rest, delight, and worship. And I wanna break down each of those really quickly. We stop, it's pretty self-explanatory. We cease from our work, we cease from our jobs and anything that feels like work. I had a friend this week tag me in a video she's seen online, and she said, Aisha, I could totally see you doing this. And in this video, it was a nurse and her colleague, and they are talking at the desk, having a conversation, and then someone comes up to approach her and probably ask her a question, and then she does this. And she's literally like frozen for 15 seconds, and then her coworker tells that person like, she's on break, like, she can't help you, she can't help you. So I just love that, and I was like, you know what? I may have to do that, I may have to do that. So we stop work. The next thing that we do is we lean into rest. And again, we talked about it's important to get an adequate amount of sleep each night, yes, but even more so, we lean into a emotional rest and a mental rest from the things that cause worry, from the things that cause stress. Is it budget? Is it finances? Is it figuring out what's next? Is it the doctor appointments? Is it figuring out what the, what the care is gonna be for your parents? Whatever it is, we cease from that both mentally and emotionally as well. Delight, I love this, delight. Lean into the things and the people that bring you joy? What fills your cup? Enjoying God's creation and God's provision. Sometimes we can focus so much on what we don't have or what we know is coming up that we fail to be present and delight in what God has already given us, the people that God has already placed in our lives. And the last one, worship. Worship is our response first and foremost to who God is and all that he's done in our life. 
It's recentering our heart around God. Worship is not just something that happens here on a Sunday morning. It's when the attention of our heart and our mind is on the King of Kings. It's being still in his presence. It's acknowledging his presence. It's acknowledging his goodness, his faithfulness, the unconditional love that he has for you and I. That is worship. So Sabbath is one day out of the week where we stop, we rest, delight, and worship. There's gonna be a lot that I say today and I feel like I'm gonna need water at some points. I may just do that if I do need water. Um, But the heartbeat of this message is this. Sabbath is a gift from God for our benefit. Sabbath is a gift from God for our benefit. And I'm gonna be walking through a lot of those benefits today. And the first benefit, benefit number one, is Sabbath reminds us of our inherent dignity and our kingdom identity. Sabbath reminds us of our inherent dignity and our kingdom identity. Sabbath reminds us that we are human beings, not just human doings. Sabbath reminds us that we are sons and daughters of the living God created in his image, fearfully and wonderfully made. Before we were in the womb, we were worthy. The moment we were in the womb, we were worthy. And the moment that we came out the womb, we were worthy, period. We show that video of baptism, and if I can put us all in a very large hot tub time machine, we will go back in time 2,000 plus years ago to the moment when Jesus himself got baptized. And scripture tells us in Matthew 3 that as soon as he got out the water, there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love, With him I am well pleased. Y'all, Jesus didn't heal anybody yet. Jesus didn't perform any miracles. Jesus didn't do anything. His ministry had not officially begun. But God said that he loved him and that he was well pleased. Family, Sabbath reminds us that we are worthy even when we are not productive. And I'm gonna say that again because I feel like culture will definitely try to tell us otherwise. We are worthy even when we are not productive. Sabbath reminds us that our worth does not come from what we do or the title that we have or the accomplishments that we make, but our identity comes from knowing who we are and whose we are. Sabbath reminds us of our inherent dignity and our kingdom identity. And we can go all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis, and see the idea of Sabbath being modeled for us. Let's read Genesis 2. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Most of us take days off because we're tired, because we need a break. But scripture tells us that God neither sleeps nor slumbers. So why did God rest on the seventh day? I believe that God chose to rest on the seventh day, not because he was weary, but because he wanted to provide us a model for a healthier pace of life. 
a more sustainable pace of life, if God himself took a day to rest, then we should follow his example and do the same. Verse three says that God blessed that day. God blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. And holy simply means to be set apart, to be sacred. So there's a distinction between the six days of work and the one day that is designated for rest. God wove Sabbath into the rhythm of creation. And it's important that we don't overlook that. So if we can fast forward a few hundred years, um, God delivers the children of Israel out of Egypt. He leads them on a very unique journey to the promised land. And in Exodus 20, he establishes his identity, his relationship with them. He says, I am the Lord your God that delivered you out of Egypt, out of bondage. And then God gives them the Ten Commandments to help them live a life of holiness and so that others could see the nature of God through them. And can you guess out of all Ten Commandments, which one was given with the most detail? Y'all know I like talking back, right? Which one? Which one? Sabbath. Yes, yes. And this is what it says in Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. This passage again emphasizes the rhythm of working six days and resting on one, as we read in Genesis 2. It also reiterates that the Sabbath is a holy day. It's a day set apart. And what I love about this passage is that if anyone was looking for a loophole of like, maybe I can do some work at this time or have this person do it for me, it makes it clear that absolutely nobody, nobody, not even the animals, not even the animals should be doing work. And this commandment is different from the other commandments because it, it starts with a call to remember. It says, remember the Sabbath. And why is God telling them to remember? It's because Exodus 20, when, he's, when he gives the Ten Commandments, it's not the first time that he mentions Sabbath. If you actually back that thing on up to Exodus 16, you will see that that's the first time that Sabbath is explicitly mentioned to the children of Israel. And at this time, the children of Israel, they're in the wilderness. They are hungry, they are cranky, they are hangry. There's no Snickers, there's no gas station, there's none of that. And they're just like complaining and telling Moses like, actually, you should have just left us in Egypt because now we're out here in the wilderness with no food and we're starving and this is just not what I want for my life. And God hears this and he tells Moses that I'm gonna rain down bread from heaven each day for the children of Israel. And I'm gonna also test their obedience. And on the sixth day, I'm gonna tell them to gather twice as much. And y'all, I just want you to imagine, you walk outside after service, and it's just breadsticks from Olive Garden, just 
Just boom, hit your head, boom, hit your eye. Oh man, the garlic is so good. Actually, bread from any Italian restaurant. I love me some bread, okay? That is, ooh, that's a love language, a love language. Um, shout out to Jackie, who I see in the room, who taught us how to make bread for one of our sermons. That was really amazing. She's an amazing cook, and I want to be like her. Um, so, this is what Moses says to the people in Exodus 16. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is a day of Sabbath, a rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you are to gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. You see, the children of Israel were slaves for 400 years in Egypt. They didn't get a day of rest. They didn't have anyone advocating for them. They didn't have anyone providing for them. The Egyptians looked at them as equipment Their worth was determined by what they produce, and now they are embracing their identity as children of God who are worthy of a day of rest, worthy of a day free from labor. In both Exodus 16 and 20, it adds a little bit of information regarding the Sabbath. It says that we Sabbath to the Lord. And this again speaks to the rhythm of Sabbath being woven into creation, but also now it is a commandment. And a commandment is not something that is optional or a suggestion, it's a rule, it's a law. And later we would see that there would be consequences if you did not keep the Sabbath. And it points us again to worship being part of the Sabbath. We do it to the Lord. Another benefit that we see is that Sabbath helps us grow in our ability to trust God. Sabbath helps us grow in our ability to trust God. It helps us to lean not on our own understanding. It helps us to rely on God's faithfulness and God's grace. It helps us to rely on God's word and God's plan and not try to have backup plan A, B, C, D, all the alphabets. Family, actually, rest is a form of faith. The children of Israel had to trust that God would provide for them even when it didn't really make sense in the natural. God wanted Israel to trust that he is the source of their provision. And even if they stopped working, if they rested, that God would provide. They got to experience what is talked about in the Lord's Prayer, daily bread. They got to experience daily bread in such a supernatural way. God gave them exactly what they needed. And y'all, just a little spoiler alert, God doesn't need our help. God does not need the Avengers to help carry out his plan and take care of you. God is God all by himself. And when we stop and Sabbath, we say we trust that God's got us. We trust that things won't fall apart because we are not working, because we are not present, because we are not striving, because we are not worrying. We trust that the creator of heaven and earth 
the potter, the one who made us, the one who formed us before we were in our mother's womb. We trust that he knows what's best, that the rhythm that he is setting for us, that that's actually best for us. We can trust that he is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. So that thing that you're worrying about, that thing that you're stressing about, actually let me, let me backtrack, that person that you worry about the most, a person, that person you pray about, that person you cry about. I wanna invite you to do what Bill talked about last week, to practice both surrender and Sabbath. One of the things that I learned as I was studying is that in the middle of the word wrestle is the word rest. And I know that for some of us, we will have to wrestle our way into rest because we feel like we need to do something. We feel like we gotta keep going. And we need to let go of control, let go of planning, let go of worrying and striving, and just say, God, I take my hands off of it. God, I take my mind off of it. God, I surrender it to you. Help me to rest. That is a prayer in here today for somebody. Mm. So now we're gonna hop over. Y'all still with me? We still good, we still good? All right. Now we're gonna cross over to the New Testament. And there have been additional laws, as I said, that have been created about the Sabbath, um, specifically on what you cannot do on the Sabbath. And in Mark 2, we see one of the many, what up? Mm. Okay, how we doing? We see one of the many moments where Jesus and the disciples do something that the Pharisees, that the religious leaders, interpret as breaking the Sabbath. So on this particular Sabbath day, Jesus and the disciples were walking through a grain field. Again, they're hungry. There's a theme here, y'all. There's a theme, hunger. So they, they take some grain, they start snacking out, snap. Mmm, what is this? What is this, Lord? They start snacking on the grains. And I feel like the Pharisees just had to be stalking Jesus because how are the Pharisees just always around when Jesus and his disciples are doing something? So basically the Pharisees are like, aha, you're breaking the Sabbath, you little nasty. And Jesus is like, wait, what? What? Jesus makes it clear to them that they were simply looking for something to eat. And the, the reason why they called it out because it was unlawful for you to harvest on the Sabbath. So them taking a bite, they said that was harvesting. And Jesus said, we were just getting something to eat. And he shared a story of how David and his companions did something similar when they were hungry. And then Jesus drops the mic with this statement. It says in Mark 2, verse 27, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Y'all, another purpose that we see is the Sabbath was created to liberate us, not to oppress us. Again, the Sabbath is a gift from God for our benefits. The Pharisees made the Sabbath laws more important than Sabbath rest itself. The Pharisees made Sabbath something that was oppressive when God's intention was that it would be something that births freedom, a day to cease work, to lean into rest, to delight and to worship, a day to promote love for God, love for self and love for others. 
Furthermore, I feel my business law kicking in. As the Lord of the Sabbath, Son of God, y'all know that made the Pharisees hate him even more by saying that? He knows the proper function and intention of the Sabbath better than anyone. The Sabbath was given to commemorate freedom, the children of Israel being set free from bondage in Egypt. The Sabbath is not something to be legalistic about. It's not something to bring shame or condemnation, and it's not something to compare yourself to others. Sabbath liberates us from our to-do lists and the demands of work so that we can be launched into freedom that is stopping and resting and delighting and worshiping. So maybe the lingering question in your mind right now is, Aisha, what does Sabbath mean for us today? And I just got a little bit more for you. Colossians 2, verses 16 through 17, makes it clear that the Sabbath was to point to Jesus, that the things in the Old Testament were a shadow for the substance that we now have in Christ. So we no longer have to keep the Sabbath to be right with God. This rule as a sign of God's covenant is over. But family, the rhythm of creation still exists. There is still great value in a rhythm of Sabbath. And Sabbath is a rhythm that we are invited into, more than a rule that we have to follow. And the last benefit I wanna encourage you with is this. Sabbath is a reset for our souls. Our founding verse, our foundational verse for Rhythms of Grace is Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus is saying these words. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus offers us a soul rest soul rest. And I don't know about you, but one of my go-to techniques when I'm having um, technical difficulties with my phone or my laptop or a printer is just to simply turn it off for a little bit and reset. And that's what Sabbath does for our souls. It's a reset for our souls. And y'all, Catalyst Conversations is a, a space that the prayer team facilitates for us to ask questions and share and learn more about the rhythm of grace that we were talking about. Slight plug, next Sunday, we're having Catalyst Conversations on Sabbath. There's so much more that I cannot cover in 35 minutes, so come, I would love to see you. But earlier this month, I posed a question to the group that I haven't been able to shake, and I wanna ask it of all of you. When it comes to Sabbath rest, Have you been discipled more by culture or have you been discipled by Jesus? And I see some of your heads like, "Mm." and I would just let you know for me, I've been discipled by culture. If you don't know my story, before ministry, before speaking all that, I was living in LA. I didn't grow up as a Christian. I was pursuing a career in acting, and I was going to to college, getting my business degree, so late at night, I'm either studying for school, or I'm in an acting class, or a dance class, and doing all these things. And I wanna show you a clip of a video that shaped my perspective on rest. Check it out. I've I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. Where I excel is ridiculous 
ridiculous, sickening work ethic. You know, while the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy's eating, I'm working. There's no easy way around it. No matter how talented you are, your talent is going to fail you if you're not skilled. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't study, if you don't work uh, really hard and dedicate yourself to being better every single day, mm -hmm. you'll never be able to communicate with, with people, with your artistry, the, the way that you want. The only thing that I see that is distinctly different about me is I'm not afraid to die on a treadmill. You might have more talent than me, you might be smarter than me, but if we get on the treadmill together, <laughs> right, there's two things. You're getting off first, yeah. or I'm gonna die. It's really that simple. Mm, that inspired me, y'all, and before I say anything else, I have to say that I know where some of y'all minds went as soon as you saw Will on the screen. Don't do it, we not talking about that, we not talking about that. Stay focused, it's Sabbath and that's it. So y'all, I saw this interview as a what, 18 year old, maybe even 17, and I'm like, wow, sickening work ethic. While everyone else is asleep, I'm gonna be up working. And that has been my mindset. And what culture has taught me is that I can't afford to rest, that there's too much to do, that there's no one else to do with that. If I wanna be great, if I wanna be in this caliber, then I have to sacrifice rest. So I had about 10 years of operating like that until my body finally told me enough is enough. In 2020, I found myself in the middle of burnout and I didn't even know I was in the middle of burnout at the time. And I'll never forget that one night I slept for 16 hours. And Maurice told me that he had to come over to me and feel my pulse to make sure I was still there because I did not move. And guess what, when I woke up, I was still tired because sleep wasn't the solution. I needed soul rest. I needed a rhythm of Sabbath in my life. And family, I wanna ask you a question. What would happen if you committed to practicing the Sabbath? What impact would it have on your relationship with God, on your relationship with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your coworkers? Today, I wanna to personally invite and challenge you as we head into the month of June to lean into the practice of Sabbath. Remember, Sabbath should bring freedom not oppression, not shame. We are all in different stages of life and in different areas of our faith journey. So maybe instead of 24 hours a whole day, maybe you start with two hours or four hours and you continue to build from there. And those of you who have already been practicing Sabbath, maybe you can grow in actually communicating your Sabbath to those around you, those in your home, so you don't get irritated when they ask you to do stuff. That's something that I had to learn, so I'm just trying to tell y'all, trying to tell y'all. Hmm. The goal is not to be perfect at Sabbath. The goal is simply to practice at it. Sabbath is a gift from God for our benefit. And God is inviting us to slow down. God is inviting us to slow down, to slow down our rhythms. Um, for the summer, for some people, summer ramps up. But I believe we have an invitation today to slow down, a reminder that we were not just created for work, 
but to stop, to rest, to delight in worship. And in this moment, we're gonna slow down and take communion. You should have gotten a cup um, before you came in. If you didn't, the prayer team um, will be happy to serve you. So just raise your hand. If you're watching online, um, grab what you have available so you can partake with us. We slow down to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. That he paid the ultimate price so we wouldn't be in bondage to anything, to anyone, and to remove all barriers that would hinder us from having a relationship with him. The night before Jesus was crucified, he had a final meal with his disciples. And this is what it says in Matthew 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when it had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm gonna say a prayer for us, but after that prayer, I want you all to just pause and make this moment personal. Reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. Reflect on the sacrifice that he paid for you. Reflect on his love for you. I'm gonna pray, and then when you're ready to eat and drink, you may do so. Lord, you tell us to do this in remembrance of you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your shed blood. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives. And we ask that you would forgive us of any sins we've committed knowingly and unknowingly. Father, help us to slow down to remember what you did on the cross, but also help us to slow down and embrace a healthier rhythm of Sabbath. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.